Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, I'm here. Um, I have not purchased an Xbox. <laughs> I have purchased an oh. Xbox. Oh. <laughs> One of us was eventually going to do it, it sounded. Yeah, I know. I honestly, I mean, I held out for a little bit. I was feeling pretty good about my decision, but then I was feeling not as good about my decision because I was like, oh man, we have this 4K TV that we're not using to any of its potential. My launch Xbox is so old now and everything is super slow on it. I was just like, man, I bet that new Assassin's Creed looks so good on the Xbox. So I did it. You did it. <laughs> don't uh, judge me, guys. <laughs> I don't think anyone's judging you. I think I think the point stands. I have no willpower. <laughs> no. And you know what? I, I I seem to have willpower. I mean, I had the um, we were texting back and forth a couple weeks ago about like uh, you missed out on your first purchase because you had to go chat with Matt. And I said, oh, I'm planning to have a conversation with Ashley to figure out like our next generation console boundaries of like. <laughs> you know so i don't have to check in whenever i i need to buy and 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 really what it came down to was like uh, you're waiting or i'm waiting for that matter like and well, okay and so the reason that i had to check with matt because normally it's my money i, I would just yeah. get it uh but the reason that i wanted to check with matt is because a couple weeks ago he was like okay i don't know when it's coming but there's going to be a package. It's going to be labeled for me. But he's like, you're not allowed to go and get any deliveries from the door for the next few weeks until this thing comes. Because he's like, it's a present. And my first Christmas present was already ruined because did I tell you this? The the board game? Yeah, the Horizon. Board OK, game. yeah, the Horizon board game, because the entire outside box was all Horizon board game branded. <laughs> so like the shipping box that it came in. So when I like I just accepted the delivery like you do. And then I was like, they make a Horizon board game. And then I was like, well, I guess Matt knew that. So there's no point in me going like, hey, because he obviously ordered it. And I went upstairs holding this box and he was like, well, that's your Christmas present. <laughs> so he didn't want a repeat of that. And so like and so I said to him, that's why I well, that's why I had to go and, and double check because I was like, OK, I don't think that this is what you've done. But just in case, <laughs> is the thing that you ordered a few weeks ago that is coming in late November, is it an Xbox or am I okay to go and buy it? I mean, not that we couldn't have resold the the extra one, but or just in it, case. Yeah. yeah, or canceled it or whatever. But just in case, I was like, I need to double check. So he's like, nope, that's not it. I was like, okay, great. So I came back down and it was gone. I missed it. It was very sad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where, uh, yes, would I love to have the the new and shiny uh, console? Um, yes, I would. Uh, but I think when it comes right down to it for me, like I do have those half step consoles, and I think I owe it to myself and that investment to see if how that helps me uh, with with this console transition, this console generation. Yeah, with the waiting. <laughs> yeah, like because I think really like so far. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about it later, like, you know, Miles Morales held up fine. It was fine. It worked. It played on the PS4 Pro. I had a great time. Sure enough, it's probably going to play better on a PS5, but that's, that's, that's not on my mind right now. But, 
I well, it's like the whole uh, the whole thing because I'm or for the longest time when I was on Apple products, I was on the in betweens, mm-hmm. right? So like the the something would come out like the five, and then there would be a five S, and then there'd be a six, and then a six S. So I was on the S's, and it was always like the point five version of something. And, you know, it, it helped me to, to stay away from those like brand new product launches uh, when it came to the new iPhones. And I feel like this is very similar. Like you buy the PS Pro so that you're always on the pro part of the cycle. Right. So you never get the launch console. You get the PS5 Pro mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right. Like you probably won't wait that long, but you might. Um, but it gives you that flexibility. Right. Yeah. No, I. I don't think I'm going to wait that long, but I, but I think really where it came down to it was I, I've never upgraded to a pro version. We haven't really had these types of pro versions before. Um, but when I, when I had the opportunity to basically trade in my launch, uh, consoles and, and got, and get a killer deal on, on the trade in, like, I think I got the PS4 pro. I think I walked, I, I, I think the story was I walked in with, you know, a couple games and my old PS4 and I, I gave them a hundred bucks and then I walked out with the PS4 Pro and Luigi's Mansion. So I, I, I did, a, that was, that worked out in my favor. And it was the same thing with the Xbox One X. Like I went in with a couple games in the old console and I walked out a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars later with this new half-step console. And I mean, it's going to happen again with the Series X and the PS5. There will be a Pro or X squared or whatever they want to call right. it to confuse everybody <laughs> um x squared actually sounds pretty good but uh <laughs> you know uh, uh, pretty good in comparison to just their their letters what they're currently doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a they can't make it worse right so why not just put a squared on it but i i don't know like i don't know if i want to in, in my mind i've i've gotten used to kind of like trading in consoles now for these half steps i'm like I don't know. Do I want an Xbox One X hanging around right now and a Series X? Like that seems like, you know, a waste of 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 consoles in the sense that like I'm going to box up this Xbox One X and and have this Series X instead. I, I, I it probably makes sense to wait a little longer. I know the value will drop on those old consoles, but I just don't know. I'm not I'm not really ready to move forward. Oh, yet my God. And have uh, why? What happened? No, speaking of, of value of old consoles, because I have a friend who's going to buy my old console off of me, but um, I was looking just to to give him a number. I was looking at the EB site to see how much my old console would be worth. Guess what they're offering for uh, used, air quotes, used uh, Series Xs? Uh, 300? Just under. It was 275. I was like, get bent, EB. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the trading stuff is bad. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's like, but it's, it's bad. so bad. It's like there's so little stock of these, and I'm gonna talk about my my actual purchasing uh, experience in a second. But there's so little stock of these that they are crashing websites. That they are going for double and triple the price at like resellers on like eBay and Amazon and stuff. Like and EB, if you want to trade it in, <laughs> EB will give you 275 bucks for it. EB, you're the worst. And I say that because they also screwed up my uh, my Xbox order. So <laughs> oh, they Matt did. and I have been. Yeah. Well, OK. So what happened was they advertised that starting at 11 a.m. on uh, some day last week, 
they were going to be uh, restocking the Xbox Series X for purchase online only, obviously. And so what they did was they put a waiting, um, like a like a queue, mm-hmm. uh, a virtual line, basically, on their website. Except for they said it was going to start at 11 a.m. I loaded the website the night before, just mostly as a reminder to myself so that I didn't get like caught up in work and like forget <laughs> that I was supposed to be doing something at 11. So at about... I don't know, 13 to 14 minutes to go. I refreshed the page and then it was like, oh, thanks for your interest in the Xbox Series X. Like I told you, they had done for the PS5 on launch day. Uh, so any anything that you tried to go to on the EB Games site redirected you to this line. Even if you had a direct link to like a product you wanted to buy that had nothing to do with the Series X, they had just decided that the traffic was going to be too much for them to handle. And sure enough, it was. Uh, so anyways, I refreshed it like with more than 10 minutes until 11 a.m. And it put me in the line and I was like, oh, my God, when did this start? Because I had refreshed earlier at about 10 o'clock and I was like, oh, good. The page is still there. I can see the like out of stock button. That's where I have to click. Cool. Um, so I have no idea when the like line actually started. So anyways, I just sat there in line and then at 1058, it let me into the website and I was like, oh my God, I'm in. This is amazing. (laughs) And then at like 1059, still there, 11 a.m., cool, but the button never changed. 1101, nothing. 1102, nothing. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to, you and I were talking at this point. I'm like, I'm going (laughs) to have to refresh. I'm going to have to refresh. So I refreshed and it put me to the end of a line that when I closed the window at 11.50, so like 50 minutes later, I was still in the line. I was like, oh my God, EB, could you have made this any more broken? So I no. was really, really, I was really upset because I was like, I was planning and I was ready and I had signed into EB and I'd made sure that they had my shipping address, my credit card so that I could just go like, here's all my saved info. Like, yes, purchase, purchase, purchase. Like I I was so prepared and they screwed me over so bad. And then I randomly saw somebody retweet somebody else saying the Best Buy was restocked. And I was like, really? So I went to bestbuy.ca. There's no line. There's no banner. There's no indication of anything. So I just like searched like Series X And it popped up and it said out of stock online. And I was like, okay. So I clicked on the product page anyways, because I was like, oh, maybe I missed it. Maybe, you know, someone was screwing with me or whatever. And it still said out of stock online, but then there was an add to cart button. So I was like, hmm. And then there's a big disclaimer right underneath it that says your transaction is not completed until you finish the checkout and get an order confirmation email. So I was like, okay, maybe it's going to let me like add to cart and then it's not going to go through. So I added it to cart. Still nothing crashed. I signed in. Everything's fine. I completed my order. Everything's fine. I got my confirmation email and I was like, what is going on here? So anyways, then I was like, well, obviously tomorrow they're going to realize that they oversold it or something because it's supposed to be out of stock. So Matt's been calling it my phantom Xbox because he doesn't believe it's actually coming. According to shipping, it's like 
the next town over like i should get it tomorrow oh <laughs> so, it's shipped you got it it's yours like, well and that's the thing no he's he's still convinced that it's going to be like an empty box or something but no, anyways that does sound said, like matt i mean not from a conspiratorial <laughs> sense but he's like just he's just bugging you um yes. that is matt for sure but yes it's that not is an empty the, box. that is definitely our marriage um but yeah so <laughs> anyways so i have this phantom xbox coming and i was just and i had no problems whatsoever no lines no crashes no nothing and apparently there was like ten thousand units or something restocked on bestbuy.ca but you just had to like trust in the best buy gods because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it never actually changed to say like available and i'm like that's the way that these retailers should be doing it like maybe not like they probably should have changed it so it was flagged as available but like what are you doing eb like you're telling everybody exactly what time to hit your website with a ridiculous amount of traffic no one's gonna understand that you're a canada only retailer so you're gonna have all the people from the states because that was one of like the most frequent comment on the post about this was all do you ship to the states Do you ship to the states no they don't they're canada only Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they weren't telling anybody that So I'm like, you're going to get all of the Canadian traffic on top of all of the American traffic that doesn't know what they're doing, which is not their fault. That's 100% on EB. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like you gave them the exact time of day when everything was going to be available. So, of course, they're going to crash your site. And you didn't even do that timing properly because the queue should have started at 11 a.m., not some random time between 10.30 and 11 that also let you into the website, but then kicked you out of the website again. Like, I just, oh my God, it was such a shit show. (laughs) But Best Buy was smooth as butter. So don't go to GameStop. Don't go to EB. Just deal with Amazon and Best Buy because, yeah, the other guys don't know what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> my experience has been that eb is uh their online experience is not great trash <laughs> um your in-store experience depends on their staff like any other real t- retail store I, I mean we have we used to have three ebs in town um one of them has has since closed uh but from a staffing perspective they were all pretty good you know but i remember uh, my old hometown that eb it had some questionable you know personalities in the store that would that just you know it wasn't a great thing uh but you know best buy amazon best buy is really good i've had no problems with their website pre-orders have been fine i mean you're talking to an amiibo veteran here um ordering stuff that is limited stock is like a pastime for me in the last five years and i think i i I think it shows in in the shakes i get just thinking about trying to (laughs) pre-order amiibos three years ago but um amazon's okay like you can get the order in as long as you don't need it day one um a lot of the issues with Amazon, both in the States and here in Canada, have been delayed shipments. Um, and that's been the case across. Yeah, I did see games. some of that for sure. Yeah, like you'll order it, you'll pre-order it. And then when you get your shipment date, it's like, oh, it's a week later. But if you were to yeah. order on the day of launch, you'd get it quicker, right? And I yeah. think that's just... Yeah, then prime shipping's enabled. <laughs> exactly. And I think it just comes yeah. down to the fact of like orders being processed. Um, in Which, They got a like, bulk of orders and... If you've got pre-orders, like how, why is there any like processing to it at all? You've had literally months to deal with that queue. Like, (laughs) why is that even a consideration? Like it should be 
super duper easy. You should have a stack of labels already printed. And as those like big, um, what are they? Skids of Xboxes come in. You're just like label, smack, label, smack, label, smack, done. Go, 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 go. Like <laughs> I mean, it should be so easy. <laughs> I know. And I think here's the thing about pre-orders. I, there are industry. I know there's an industry out there that probably does it properly. Like I think t-shirts like custom t-shirts have got it down. Um, in the sense that there are some sites out there where they will do an initial, initial allotment of pre-orders, then they will, uh, process those first and order 10%. Like I know that's how Scott does some of his, uh, his lines for, for shirts is he'll do a, he'll big, do a big order and then, um, he'll do an additional, you know, amount to sell on the store and, and hold stock. So you're not like keeping a bunch of stuff in your garage. And <laughs> I think like with video games they just never they've never been able to figure it out the only pre-ordering that seems to work is the digital pre-order where you you pre-order it you give them the money in the case of nintendo um you you are you are billed a week in advance and this way you know it kind of works within that window of preload then you preload after you've paid and then you have it ready and then you click on it checks the internet and at midnight of release, you can play the game. Pre-orders work really well from a digital standpoint, but from a physical standpoint, it's all just been about getting your name on that initial allotment of stock and how they get the system to you is is who knows how that's going to go. I remember with the Switch, you and I both pre-ordered from Best Buy. We both got it on day one. And that was, a, that was awesome. It was a great experience. But... Um, yeah, waiting for your new console is is tough on launch day, especially when you got it shipped. And I, I didn't know how it was going to go with the Switch, and it worked out. Um, personally, for me, uh, I was going the Xbox all-access route. And then in Discord and Whirlwind, I'm going to get ahead of this and be like, I'm not upset. I'm, I appreciate <laughs> you breaking the glass on this one I can't wait me. to hear what happened. Like, uh, I'm Because I know you were super stoked about All Access forever. Like, that was the plan. It was like, the capital plan. Capital T, capital P, the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know what he did to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I led this whole conversation with the fact that uh, I'm actually appreciating the fact that he kind of, like, set me straight on this. Not so, uh, he, he was very nice about it. I don't want to make it sound like he... Uh, <laughs> he ruined anything (laughs) he came for you (laughs) no yeah like here's the thing we had a really good chat in discord and then i and i actually followed up with him because i was kind of like realizing how silly i was and thinking this was it's still a good deal and i mean if paying 40 dollars a month is a is a better option than paying up front it's still it's a great deal because there's no financing it's you're you're saving well that's the thing right like i think paying up front for anything is always going to be the better choice because Mm -hmm. if you're as soon as you start financing things the company needs to get something out of you right so it's always going to be worse for you to finance anything any purchase anywhere ever yeah um than it is to just buy something outright it's worse to to have your phone on a plan and get a zero dollar day one phone that's terrible you pay through the nose for that but you don't really realize because it's part of your cell phone bill right yeah you used to i actually it's funny enough i went through cell phones just recently where um, now, uh, funny enough, the government has gotten on Canadian providers, butts so much that they've separated it. So you have the plan and then you have the financing for the phone. And it's funny, like they say zero down, but they actually, they bill you an additional payment. So you're paying like $40 more for the phone. And that's like, essentially like you're just paying $40 more. There's no zero down, but you are paying that, that financing fee somewhere in there. And it's not, and it's not hidden. It's all there. You can do the math yourself. But I think when it comes to the Xbox deal, like they're not getting anything f- 
from you. It's not, you're not, you're saving money. You're still saving. Like, I think he said it was 20 bucks, but for some reason I thought it was way more and I never actually did the math. And then whirlwind. I always wondered why you were so set on it. (laughs) I, I don't know. You know what it was. And truthfully it was, it was the ability to say to, to Ashley from a financing standpoint, like I want to buy this new console and it's 40 bucks a month. And it's like, yep, that's that's easy peasy. We can we can take care of that. We just cut down on our TV bill. We just paid off a another TV or whatever, and that money we can rearrange it, and we're good. But like buying a thousand dollar console, like right off the bat, that that has it's a impact. hard sell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it is a harder sell. So in my mind, I was like, I can save all this time and energy and just go with the X- Xbox <laughs> LXS. And uh, I don't mean it like that. It's just like it's a lot to and also the fact that I kind of want to pick up a PS5 as well for gaming reasons um, like Horizon and all that. So I'm I was kind of left like, oh, this was the easiest way to 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 go about that to make that happen. But uh, I guess there's a Black Friday deal right now for Xbox all or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which you should look at. And it's uh, the three month plan for 40 percent off here in Canada. And he did the math, like if you buy codes, two years worth of codes across the various retailers, because they limit the amount you can buy, you will save $160 on, on top, like in comparison to Xbox All Access. So at the end of the day, like the deal is the 40 bucks a month. The deal isn't, uh, you're paying less, you're paying the same, you're paying essentially market value. But if you wait for sales, obviously, if you wait for sales, you can you can bring that savings you can make that savings even more i mean it's again it just seemed like such a like a no-brainer moment where i just felt really silly because <laughs> uh, because i i if i wanted to i could probably budget and get it but at the end of the day it came down to what games are coming out uh that i really want to play on on a next gen console when i can throw it at, at the xbox one x of course, I'm not going to get the 4K 60 frames per second instant instant loading, but do I need that right now, at, or or can I wait? And I think I I'm pretty sure I can wait. So this is the last week we're going to talk about buying consoles. Yes. <laughs> until I go to buy a console, and I think really it comes down to it comes down to the games. Like even with Cyberpunk 2077, I'm either going to play it on PC or going to play it on the Xbox One X. I'm still making that decision, but I'm fine to wait. Like they're not even going to develop a specific series x version until the new year so again there's we've got nothing but time here until the exclusives start rolling in but but talk to me when ratchet and clank comes out next year is that the game that's going to be like okay well i can go out and pick up a pick up a ps5 now try to i should say because those yeah. <laughs> the xbox series those are X been, so hard to come by yeah and i mean i don't even and again, like I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I've, I've rolled back into that. I'm happy to wait. I'm fine to wait, and I'm, I'm comfortable waiting. And, and I don't think I will be going with Xbox All Access. I, I think I have a couple days to figure out how many Game Pass Ultimate codes I want to buy. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna go crazy on that front. I'll, I'll probably pick up one or two just to have in my back pocket. I kind of have to see how long those codes last. But uh, that, that right there is the, is the best deal when it comes down to it is xbox game pass ultimate and that's that's when the that's where the real savings are yeah <laughs> well i will let you know once i actually get my xbox and uh find some game time 
how I'm enjoying Assassin's Creed um, because obviously I, I refunded the PC version that I bought and uh, I'm looking forward to to trying that out on the next gen console. Um, but yeah, my game time is uh, few and far between right this second because Shadowlands launched yesterday for World of Warcraft. So, I mean, you guys know me. I have an entire show about World of Warcraft, so I'm not going to go too, too far into uh, the nitty gritty on Shadowlands right now, obviously. But um, we are going to talk a little bit about it because I know Ryan has expressed some interest and I think... Um, there's there's a lot of real interesting goodness to be had in Shadowlands, especially if you are somebody who fell off in BFA. Um, Shadowlands so far seems really fun and interesting. Cool. No, yeah, I uh, so th I'm glad we're going to talk about this because for me, I sort of forgot the game was coming out on Monday because I picked up Hyrule <laughs> Warriors which is a $90 game. And I'm like, Ooh. yeah, which is why I have not picked up Hyrule Warriors yet is because I was like, man, I know Shadowlands is going to eat my time so hard. So I'm just going to not pick, uh, pick up Hyrule Warriors right the second. But it's definitely on my list because uh, I mean, you and I talked a little bit on pre-show, but um, I think the the setting of Hyrule Warriors is really good and fits the mechanics of the Warriors style of game really well. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing a little bit more of that story because um, I do think that uh, Breath of the Wild was a little bit story light. So fleshing out some of that prequel stuff might be really interesting and, and get me back in the mood for for Breath of the Wild, too, whenever that comes. Yeah, because weapons don't break in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Age of Calamity. Um, yeah, no. So I, I had picked that up and I realized, oh, crap, like shadowlands comes out on monday i actually picked up another game based on our conversation last episode we're gonna talk about that later <laughs> Yay! on um and i'll let you guys bunger, uh, bunger, bunger, bunger. there you go <laughs> yeah now i have my kids run around the house doing that so yes <laughs> it's great um although we'll get to that game but yeah with we'll, get to it. we'll get to it <laughs> i um i I've always I've this is the first expansion I've not pre-ordered and I mean I I have no I that is that is the that is my current that is what I'm feeling right now it's weird and I, and it really just it comes down to time and it comes down to the fact that I I just bought a couple of games and I'm like ah, I don't I if I make time for Shadowlands then I'm I'm moving away from these other experiences that I yeah. that I do want to play and and honestly I've been just just really distracted with uh with miles morales still but um i i am curious like really my experience with shadowlands will be um just playing uh my character through the story and i am mm -hmm. interested in the story um so i'm kind of curious like from someone who's really who fell off battle for azeroth like i think in the first month because that that is pretty much how it goes <laughs> um how do how do i uh, how does it work getting back into this because honestly like from a story perspective i know i'm missing a good chunk like am i gonna come into this and be like completely like what is going on type well see the great thing about shadowlands is that the bfa story was horrible oh, so perfect. uh yeah you could just totally skip it and it basically has no impact uh you don't really need to know anything that happened in bfa other than there was a big war and sylvanas no longer leads the horde she's a bad guy that's all you need to know out of bfa okay. <laughs> like literally bfa in five seconds that was the only thing that happened um so if you uh, obviously didn't do the pre-patch event, then 
Um, basically what happened there was Sylvanas attacked Bolvar, who took over for Arthas after he fell as the Lich King. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she attacked him, stole the helm, split it in half and opened the door to the Shadowlands, which also removed all of the control that the Lich King had over the Scourge on Azeroth. So the pre-patch event was basically, apparently they've done it a few times now, but it was basically like zombies running wild all over Azeroth. Um, yeah, so that's basically all you need to know heading into Shadowlands is Bolvar is not the Lich King anymore. Sylvanas is the bad guy. There's a big hole in the sky over Ice Crown. And yeah, that's actually, I think, one of the big strengths of Shadowlands is because it's not in Azeroth. The questing experience has actually been really good. It's very like on rails in previous expansions. It's very much been like a choose your own adventure. Like you can go to whatever zone you want to do. Um, but in Shadowlands, they went back to a much more like streamlined approach. So like you go to zone one, then zone two, then zone three, then zone four. You cannot like skip ahead. You can't miss anything. Like there's um, all the main story quests are now flagged. They have a different icon than the side quests. So it's very much like if you want the main story experience, like here it is start to finish. So it's basically impossible for you to, like, get lost, I guess. <laughs> so and, and because it is not on Azeroth, it's actually um, like they have to introduce you not only to, like, the different zones and worlds in Shadowlands, but also all the different races, because the whole idea is, like, the entirety of existence flows into the Shadowlands. So it's not even just like planets and realms and stuff from like Azeroth's plane of existence. It's literally pulling from the entire everything. So it's like you're meeting all these creatures that are like, oh, I come a world. I come from a world where this happens and I come from a world where this happens. And, you know, like, oh, everybody on my world eats shrimp. Like, wow. <laughs> like, I don't know, like that was literally not an ex- not an actual oh. in-game example, but like that's the kind of stuff that it is where it's it's very it's extremely varied and very interesting. And I've been kind of ta- I've been I've been taking my time leveling. I'm only like 57 and a half versus the rest of my guild that's already max level. But I've been reading all the quest texts and really taking my time in the zones and because of the the fact that it's not on Azeroth and because it is so streamlined, you really don't need to have played BFA to have a good story questing experience in Shadowlands. Hmm. Okay. Well, no, that's good to know because, again, I, I miss... And it's, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, even the zones that are, like... Because you go to um, Bastion first, which is all, like, gold and, like, teals and blues and very, like rich and royal looking uh to maldraxis which is all like scarred like i don't know uh bones and and sinew and very like gross and bleak and you know and then you go over to uh the night fey land in ardenweald which is my favorite zone and i'm never leaving it there are no more expansions to world of warcraft i just live in ardenweald now and that's it <laughs> my world of warcraft just the experience is over and done. I, I found my home. I'm never leaving. <laughs> wow is over. <laughs> and and which, um, what is that one? Is that the... Is that, that one's the, the big trees and it's all like um, the, the like butterflies and fairy. Yeah, the leaf face winter queen. Uh, there's lots of like starlight and like there's 
literally a place called Glitterfall. So you should know how at home I feel there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounds like uh, no. The, and I mean, that was I watched the launch cinematic. And again, not knowing anything about what's going on. I've been so busy away from WoW that I've just haven't experienced this. And I watched this opening cinematic and I just latched onto this tree antler leaf face person. And I'm like, I I, I, we get to play these characters, right? Because they look, they look like um, cooler night elves. I mean, they keep trying to make night elves cool, but they've finally done it. I think, right? Yeah, they're the they're called the night fae, and there's mm. there's a few different uh, like iterations and models. As far as I know, the Winter Queen, who's their leader, who's the the leaf face antler lady, as she so eloquently called her. Um, I'm her pretty name? sure that her her leaves are like her crown. I don't think that there's anyone else. At least no one else that I've met yet that actually has like her same model. Um, but I mean, they've also been doing a push. Not that they have uh, any plans so far to do allied races in Shadowlands, but um, that was a big thing through Legion and then into BFA is like basically everybody that you met became a playable race. So like I'm a Vulpira now. Oh, they're they? an adorable little fox. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I I was gonna guess foxes. So which yep. <laughs> uh, which uh, the fox? Okay, foxes. All right. I'm so behind. On <laughs> they're this from game. BFA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Must have been added after I. I don't. Know. I remember the Kieran Tor, which were really cool. They look cool as like a, the better humans. The cool Kierans, you mean? The Kieran Tor are the yeah. are the people from Dalaran. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um yeah no those guys the ones with the porn stashes and the beefier everybody <laughs> yeah <Okay. laughs> the cult tyrants genus yeah. people yeah 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 um i yeah i'm i'm really excited to play shadowlands um but it's funny enough like it's one of those moments where i'm showing more self-restraint on a game where i'm like i'm this game will be here when i get around to it and i think because uh i'm not so worried about completely missing it because Unlike other games, WoW is this thing that just continues to exist and and gain attention from both players and its and and Blizzard, its developers. So unlike other games, where if you look at um, you know Miles Morales or even Bug Snacks, like those games will cease to be part of the of of our sort of not just our conversations, but the industry conversations. Like we are going to move past. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, we are going to move past bug snacks, but wow, especially in, in the people I follow and the communities that I'm a part of, it will continue to be front and center. So I think, it, I think I'm fine to wait a little bit. It, like, is well, the story since you don't, you don't take part so much in end game systems. Like your enjoyment no. comes from questing and at most dungeons. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not necessarily looking at doing like raids and, and keeping up with the end game and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you can kind of dive into that quest content whenever you've got some time. Yeah. Like that's the questing content isn't going to change. Exactly. And I think that's kind of where I've I've settled and whether that's just me. I mean, make... actually, come to think of it, even with Chromie time now, which is the new leveling system. Uh, you could literally like wait until the next expansion and then just tell Chromie that you want to level from level one to level 60 and only do that in Shadowlands. Like yeah. that'll be an option to you. <laughs> so I, I think like from we the, assume. Yeah. From the perspective of uh, of someone who's always kind of, 
you know played a little bit of the of each expansion um i think the last one i played uh probably close to sort of raid getting up there if not raiding i think was warlords of draenor i think that was the one where we had a raid team um that was a while ago but uh was it warlords yeah because it was before legion was it not mists of pandaria i do i do remember maybe it was tail end mists you know i think you're right maybe it was like tail end mists heading yeah because i feel like it was near the it was near the end of mists of pandaria and then uh but we also weren't doing like at level stuff so it's like everybody else was in siege of ogremar and then we were like two or three raids behind <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh i i think you're right like uh from the perspective of just doing story content and i think if i were to wait a month um or even a couple weeks like i'd be at a point where i'd it'd be more likely for me to actually play with with the folks like yourself and other people who are who are running you know getting trying to get to raid in the sense that like they're pushing forward through the story content and then maybe once although you know i think the raid arrives what early december like first week uh, december, december 8th yeah. december 8th yeah and that's just terrible timing because two days later you got cyberpunk 2077 like <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, for me, I'm, I'm gonna do the story content. I, I, I will have to wait for a, a lot, and it, re- it really just comes down to time, you know, because I know if I step away from, you know, Age of Calamity or all the other countless PC games that I've purchased, they're just never gonna get played, and they're gonna sit there, and I'm just gonna be staring. And it's like, oh man, I paid, I paid this company yeah. <laughs> to take up my hard drive space. It's, it's not yeah. a good plan. <laughs> No, I definitely get that. I mean, the the backlog is real. And the thing is, like you're right, Shadowlands is always going to be there as an option to play. And since you're not actively playing it like a, a actual MMO because you're more interested in the solo experience and the solo like quest lines and stuff, I mean, you can literally just go through the leveling experience and then just hop like one covenant to another, which is the end game systems. And you can just like do their covenant story and then swap to another one because accumulating the rewards doesn't mean anything to you. So you can just go through and experience the story and not really kind of feel any um, negative effects of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be there and uh, you can you can go and take a look at it and, you know, kind of whenever you're ready. Next lull, I expect to see you in Shadowlands. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whenever that happens, whenever you run out of things to play, then we're going to talk about Shadowlands because I'll probably be on like my 18th alt by then. (laughs) Yeah, I think realistically, like knowing I've not, you know, completely uh, come full circle in that I've realized like I'm only going to buy games that I have time to play and I'm going to play them until I'm done and go buy the next game like that. That is not the new Ryan. That's not happening. I think it's just, (laughs) this is one of those extreme moments where I'm like, I'm not playing Assassin's Creed. I'm waiting on that one as well. Um, I've, I've got, uh, you know, cyberpunk. Um, I've got age of calamity coming or I have age of calamity and cyberpunk coming. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm, uh, it's overfilling the shelf. And I think probably once cyberpunk dies down for me, it might be nice to have a different, something different to play. Um, and, and I think Shadowlands would be a good fit and I'd be still in that PC sort of time frame realm so I, yeah i think that would that's probably good timing probably closer to christmas like uh, maybe once a week after cyberpunk comes out that's probably what i'm looking at but definitely january um january i think is going to be a lull for games like there's not mm-hmm. it's usually a quiet couple months in the in the yeah. start of the year and i think this year especially we'll see that 
Well, and I think that they've also done a pretty good job of like making each zone story pretty self-contained. So like you can probably go through and play one zone start to finish in about three to four hours. So which is kind of like a nice chunk. And I found that like uh, because what they've started to do is like organize the zones into like storylines with a start and end as well, which Mm -hmm. are usually about like maybe 20 minutes to 40 minutes, depending on like how big the zone is and and how much story they're telling in one chunk. But um, they also make for pretty natural like breakpoints. So if you like as you're progressing through the achievement, you'll see a little like toast notification thing pop up and be like, Ta-da, this part of the achievement complete and then it's like it's a different notification than yay you got the achievement um but still like it, it gives you a pretty good indicator of like okay now i can take a breather i've seen this part of the story through to completion and then move on from there so i think it's a lot more digestible than it used to be because it's almost like it's designed to like experience and leave and and pick up and put down a little bit more so than maybe in the past so it's been like literally 24 hours since launch, but so far um, I'm having a really good time. And I think the the story and the questing experience so far is head and shoulders above BFA. BFA was a hot turd. This expansion story-wise is way, 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 way better. Cool. Well, I mean, as someone who uh, enjoyed parts of the turd, I guess, I don't know. That's a <laughs> terrible way to look at it, but... I think BFA was one of those things where it was more, it was new wow content and it was new story content. And even if it wasn't, it it didn't make a lot of sense or it wasn't that great. um, It'll probably, like you said, it sounds like it it makes Shadowlands that much better in that you're, you're experiencing. Yeah, in comparison. Yeah. yeah, You're going from a turd to uh, a a glittering diamond. Yeah. A diamond encrusted Twinkie that has just fallen from this glitter waterfall uh hand delivered by so so many sparkles yeah (laughs) so so tell me a little bit about miles morales because i i want to know more about your spider-man experience i know you liked the original so much did miles morales in the end live up to that yeah no i i i did finish miles morales i got a hundred percent uh, I kind of went through. It's not hard to do. Like they don't make you, uh, you know, three star everything. You know, perfect oh, okay. perfection. I just kind of completed everything, and that gives you the "Hey, you did it" um, trophy. But I, I think from a I love like, the "Hey, you did it" trophies. I yeah. live for the "Hey, you did it" trophies. <laughs> yeah, you hundred percent at every district. Hey, you did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> perfect. Um, and I, I think in. So last week we talked a lot about performance and, you know, uh, to touch on that after finishing the game, I did have a couple moments where the game chugged. Um, you know, there are some frame rate issues. There was some loading stuff that kind of would, uh, I'd, I'd get too far ahead of the game and it would have to pause. But again, you experienced all of that in 2018 Spider-Man um, and it didn't ruin the overall experience. Again, if you're playing this on the PS5, you are playing the best version of Miles Morales. But if you have a regular PS4 or a PS4 Pro, you are going to still enjoy this very 2018 Spider-Man game. Um, But that being said, like the story kicks off in a way that is, I was kind of worried, how are they going to do this? Like, are they going to just step 
Peter Parker aside, like it's all in the same city. Like it's the New York you played in 2018 with some visual updates. It's Christmas. So there's snow on the ground. There are holiday decorations and stuff, which is very fitting and very nice to play a Christmas game. Like this would be a cool game. You'd come back to every Christmas and be like, ah, it's Christmas. Um, people are trying to kill me, but it's Christmas. Um, you know. <laughs> which makes it super festive and it's yeah. fine. <laughs> but you're Spider-Man. So it's like it's probably a, death. <laughs> a normal Christmas for Spider-Man. <laughs> And it's it, it's it starts from a perspective of like you are still very much in training, but the training wheels are coming off because Peter Parker is deciding to take a working vacation. He's going with MJ to uh, what is it, Simcaria, to do some journalism type stuff. So he's going to take photos with her. She's she's the journalist, and uh, you're the photographer, as you know. Uh, Peter Parker is, and so he he leaves, and he basically says like, "Hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks." Um, nothing's gonna happen nothing crazy is gonna happen we just sent everybody back to the raft from from the first game so like really what could happen and again he didn't knock on wood so everything kind of <laughs> went to shit as soon as he leaves <laughs> um and and you're you're dealing with your own sort of this is very much a miles morales game you're dealing with miles morales issues other characters related to miles morales um your uncle, you know, pops by Aaron Davis, he's in the game. And you're dealing with the fact that your mother's now running for council. So there's a lot more attention there. And uh, it feels it feels connected to the first Spider-Man game. But again, this is the greatest thing about it is they've really told Miles Morales's story. But they didn't cut Peter Parker out. They didn't cut the original Spider-Man. He does sort of factor in here and there. There's some voice calls and stuff. But at the end of the day, this is very much a Miles Morales uh, story beginning to end. Like it is bookmarked by the fact that, or it's bookended by the fact that Spider-Man, the other Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man is, mm-hmm. is around, but this is not like a co-op game. This is not like a you swapping back and forth. This Aww, is not... So I can't jump in and, and web sling with you. <laughs> no, but very much at, I could see Spider-Man two, whatever and that ends up being like being some sort of, co-op experience or a tagged experience where like i said last week peter parker's uh abilities and miles morales's abilities they're very different i think that's where uh, outside of the base like that's the thing like miles morales has all these cool extra powers like he has a bioelectricity which brings a whole bunch more moves and strategy into the into the combat where you're able to not just punch people with electrical punches but you're able to do different moves with your bioelectricity yes there is a super punch but there's also like a launch ability where you hold the l1 button and push x and you just jump and everybody in the uh, sort of an area of effect comes up with you thanks to your lovely uh venom ability that they have and there's a couple <laughs> others like that but like spider-man uh peter parker spider-man he just has the spider-man powers so that's where i'd be really interested to see what they do with a sequel where how do they make peter parker as interesting as from... interesting and dynamic yeah, yeah when they're like oh but you could be just like miles and be do venom crazy things yeah and miles <laughs> uh you know some of the issues with the first game was like some of the stealth stuff like once you broke stealth you were out of stealth and that was fine if you enjoyed the combat but it kind of felt like ah man i i he saw me by an inch like that's not fair so with Miles Morales, you can literally just hit the up on the D-pad and you can go, you can camouflage. It's not a perfect solution in the sense that you kind of have to zip around to to lose people's uh, sort of 
idea of where you were. Like you're not completely invisible. It's just camouflage, but it works really well to set you apart from just being original Spider-Man. And Mm -hmm. the biggest difference is, uh, you know, Spider-Man in the 2018 game has many, many more, I'd say probably double the amount of gadgets available to you. Whereas Miles Morales only has four and, um, they are, I think there's like, they're all new. So there's like the hollow ability. So you you can create like these hollow Spider-Mans that will kind of like do a little bit of combat and fight alongside you. Then there's, I think the gravity well was in the first one. So there's a duplicate there. Uh, and then what was the other one? I didn't use them. Oh, the other one was like a like a remote mine, like an electrical mine. So there is some abilities that Miles Morales has that Spider-Man also has. But I could see like maybe down the road, if you were to do a co-op to try to even them out, you could give original Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, you could give him more gadgets. And then Miles kind of has his, you know, Venom and camouflage abilities. And mm-hmm. um, But that's where I think like this game is very much an expansion of the 2018 game and not the full sort of potential of what a sequel could be. They're still driving the story forward. And I think it is really cool that they've been able to, through this expansion, bring Miles Morales full circle so that there are now two Spider-Man, Spider-Men. And, uh, <laughs> Spider-Men's, Spider-Men's, <laughs> you know, and I think like from that perspective, it opens up some really cool opportunities for a full fledged next generation Spider-Man, you know, having co-op or, or even having like swappable characters where this mission is more stealth. So we're going to bring Miles Morales in or this mission's more gadget based. So we're going to have Peter Parker, but uh, from a from a from Miles Morales, this game like the story is really cool. It's really tight, so you're so you're in, you're doing missions, and it kind of progresses in a way that feels, you know, there's not a lot of filler here. You are going to experience a Spider-Man Miles Morales story in ten hours or less, and it's and it feels like a complete story. That I think it uh, they really they really nailed it, um, and they're introducing you to characters that you might not be familiar with. Like, I don't know who the Tinkerer is. I'm not familiar with that that villain. Obviously, I'm familiar with the Prowler, thanks to uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, but um, there's a lot in here to enjoy if, if, you're a, if you're a fan of that 2018 game. And I think this story that they're telling is going to be critical to whatever they do next, because Miles Morales is, is now a part of uh, the, the Insomniac Spider-Man experience, for sure. Hmm. Well, it sounds really good. I'm glad that it, the experience, other than the the couple of freezes, it sounds like it was a really, really great game and and didn't feel like a a half measure. You know, like he had all his own stuff, he had all his own stories and abilities and and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it sounds great. I'll probably um pick it up at some point. Although I'm sure if it's if it's not ideal on your PlayStation Pro, it might be the kind of thing that waits until. I get a PS5, <laughs> which will probably be on sale by the time uh, I actually pick up the PS5 whenever Horizon launches, right? So yeah, I think it's likely you'll see this game go on sale in the next year. Uh, I mean, it, really, if you own if you own a PS4 and you're and it does go on sale and you haven't picked up the PS5 yet, like it, there's no punishment for purchasing this early because it it comes with the ability to a free upgrade to the PS5 and the ability to upload your save from the PS4 to the PS5 version. So um, 
from a consumer standpoint, like they're really not holding holding you back on that front. Really, the only thing they're doing is is uh, not being able to get enough PlayStation Fives out in the world for for demand <laughs> at this time. Um, but uh, yeah, Miles Morales is a solid entry in in the Spider-Man. Once again, you've got another great comic book game to pull from, and um, it's really awesome that we're getting this treatment for Spider-Man because of all the characters, he he very much deserves like a like a really great video game right it's um Mm -hmm. we need more more games like this for other great characters out there for sure so tell me how great the characters are in bug snacks (laughs) uh so yeah i i did pick up bug snacks Uh, pretty much you know you had asked me if i if i had picked it up yet and guys i've been i've been bugging ryan yeah like almost every day about this game Have you picked it up yet? What do the kids think? Do the kids love it? Are they walking around and saying things like you do with Pokemon? What do the kids think? Have you bought it yet? <laughs> yeah. And then I bought it. Yeah. Um, I I had a milestone for Extra Life where I would play games with the kids and stream it. And uh, we were trying to, we were thinking maybe I'd play Mario, but really it was like, this is kind of the perfect opportunity to to do two things at once, like play Bug Snacks and then also get that stream done. And uh, so you can check that out at, at twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. And we had a great time. I mean, here's the thing about bug snacks. Uh, I think you had warned me, and a couple other folks had warned me, like there was a lot of talking at the beginning. Yeah, and the talking wasn't too bad. Like the kids are usually good. I think you've got the sort of sock puppet type, you know, uh, Muppet type characters, the Grumpuses or whatever. Yeah, the Grumpuses. Yep. <laughs> just their, just the way they talk and the way they emote and stuff. Like that was enough to kind of keep the kids um interested but really they were all about like all the different bug snacks so the second you have that strawby show up in the intro uh they were all in you know and the fact that you were capturing them was even better but really what it came down to was when you get to your first uh your first bunger who's just going around going bunger 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 <laughs> right right <laughs> So the kids are all all about that, and they and they will um they they will on occasion run through the house going bunger bunger bunger. Now they're not they're not like ramming into each other, which is good. I, I want to avoid that because it would I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but uh, they they really like the game. I, here's the thing: I didn't really this game's more complex than that that original trailer kind of kind of gave it credit for on multiple yeah. fronts. Um, catching bug snacks is a delightful sort of puzzle where uh you don't it's not always like obviously the first one is as simple as like check its path set the trap put down the trap yeah Yeah. and push the button (laughs) exactly like those ones super simple and the whole thing glows green so it's very easy to see when there's something in the trap like (laughs) yeah i found that the game doesn't get so like from a trapping perspective i i've i've progressed um i don't mean i'm maybe in the fifth area or whatever and it moves pretty quick like if you're just moving area to area but yeah. the first sort of task is kind of bring everybody back to uh snackberg or whatever and that goes pretty quick by just doing assignments and stuff um but from a capturing of bug snacks perspective it really felt like they don't overcomplicate it in a way that is frustrating um have if- you figured out how to catch the olive yet the olive uh where which world was i don't know if i've gotten that it was far. like right at the very beginning because i did watch this part of your stream where you like put the trap down to catch the little carrot and then the, the olive like carrot picked it up with its big long tongue and then like flew it away and you were like hey wait what oh, oh <laughs> the um the the kiwi things i think they're kiwis 
Are they not? Oh, are they? I thought they were olives. Well, anyways, I, it doesn't matter. But those no. those like flying green circle things. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the uh, okay. No, those are those are grapes. The the green the green skin. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. No, no. I think those were mosquitoes you had to catch at night. They're kind of like more like no. Mosquitoes. Those are the mosquitoes down at the beach. No, they're different. Like this is the very very first area, and it, its thing is that it'll steal your trap and run away with it. Oh yeah, no, I did not catch one of those. But but no, uh, I haven't did, caught one of those either yet. And I was like, oh, maybe pack? Ryan knows. Uh, no, yeah. I'm not that far. So you you do get to a point where you you continue to get more and more tools, and I think some of the last ones are like there's a launch pad that you can get that allows you to launch your trap into the air, and if you time it right, you can capture things that are flying. Uh, okay, it That's essentially super fun. Yeah, and and I think those. Those sort of things, like having to use multiple tools to catch bug snacks, that always the kids love that. Um, (laughs) So setting up the launch pad. So there was one where further on you get like this grappling hook thing, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to capture this. uh, It was a cinnamon. Basically, it was a cinnamon bun snail, and it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you can imagine. I just love this game so much <laughs> and and that's the thing like all the animals are super cute and they're super crazy like the way they've designed them and it's just it makes sense from a logical standpoint of like of course they look like that like they've i don't know what they started with whether they started with the food or they started with the animal like maybe they did it on both sides where it's like okay we want to start with a grape let's oh of course it's a it's a mosquito type thing uh, or they started with a snail it's like well maybe we just like unfurl a little bit of a, cin- a cinnamon bun and you've got your snail yeah what what food do we know that is made of spirals <laughs> exactly uh but in this instance when you're trying to catch the the cinna snail i think it's called uh <laughs> you are you are fenced off and the cinna snail is like further out on these like rock cliffs things so you have to use the launch pad put your trap on it like aim the launcher launch the trap at the cine snail thing and capture it and then when you capture it it kind of falls down a little bit and then you have to use your grappling hook to pull the trap back so the the capturing mechanics kind of evolve over time to make you use multiple tools and move farther away from just lining the trap up or having the uh the bug snack interact with another so it gets gets more complex but those are that's part of the puzzle fun and i think the kids really like sort of the interaction of that and obviously they really dig like all the bug snacks walking around um the thing they didn't like or i thought they didn't like was that you're a journalist and you're in there and they 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 don't have a thing against journalists but um (laughs) (laughs) they don't like uh they don't like there is the opportunity to interview characters because you are there to, to 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 write a story um right and you interview these characters and that sort of progresses the game a little bit gives you more quests and stuff um the kids don't like that because it's mostly just, it is all just talking well, it's it's two talking heads right <laughs> yeah and and some of the so i'll say this like the character interactions and the way these characters all intertwine in snackberg are more complex than that original trailer also gives it credit for because like Really, I was just picturing like, oh, these are a bunch of just silly animals that are hanging out. And for the most part, that is what's happening. But there are these relationships between characters where, like, for example, you have these two characters. 
that don't like each other. One is the, as you said, the farmer, and the other is the is the guy who wants to keep the bugs. The rancher, alive, yeah, pets, the ones yeah. that wants to, yeah, keep keep a petting zoo. <laughs> exactly. But then there are uh, there's these other characters where you've got Wiggle, this like singing lady, and then you've got Gramble. Oh who, yeah. Oh my god. And they are like. <laughs> she is all after him and he is like oh you know i don't want to go out at night and like i don't want to have a date with you <laughs> and uh and i'm just like this is all being voiced and the kids are watching this and it's like it's not it's not technically i don't think terrible for the kids but it's just they don't understand what's going on you know? yeah but Do they like, understand have you gotten to the part where you have to like spy on the um farmer after like 10 p.m or something Yes. And he goes in and talks to his cactus dressed up like his wife because his wife left. Like, and that's, oh my god! That's the like, thing where it's that's like probably beyond a three year old. It, they don't. They think it's funny. It's um, funny because he's talking to a cactus. And I mean, I wouldn't necessarily put it on the level of like the masters of sort of developing um, uh, an entertainment experience for all ages is kind of in my mind Pixar. Where mm. you've got this cartoon for for all ages, but there is specific jokes and content and and um, sort of dialogue that goes over the head of kids without um, impacting them negatively. But the adults get it and like I get it, the sex joke, um, <laughs> and and that is in this game. But I don't think they're as good at it as Pixar. So there's like the cactus things are probably a really good, a really good example of them doing it really well, where it's like, ha, it's funny. He dressed up a cactus like his wife, but to you and I, it's like, Oh man, he's he's going for a messy divorce. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) And I think there's specific dialogue of like, uh, um, something about the cactus being prickly or something. And like, it's there. Uh, but for the kids, it, it kind of just, it really just goes over their head, but there are, there are other things in the, in the game where, uh, like there are character interactions where it's a, it's a little more, my favorite thing was, um, Gramble like sleepwalks and you can wake him up or you can feed him while he's sleepwalking. And obviously he's not, he's not cool with that. Cause he's the, he's the rancher. <laughs> Cause he's the don't kill the bug snacks guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a terrible person. Um, but really what I've been doing is I, I've been kind of approaching it. I've been like, okay, I'll progress the game. I'll do the journalist stuff while the kids are either, well, when the kids are in bed and then when they want to, when they're ready to play the game again, I've just got a bunch of quests lined up where we can just go catch bug snacks and have a, have a good time. Cause I think that's their preferred part of the game. So I, I don't yeah. know if like, this is something you can sit down and play the in, in entirety with your kids. Um, especially if they're not into like sort of the talking bits, um, but that's something you can easily do on your own time because as you do those talking bits, it introduces more of the puzzle mechanics for the main quest of like finding items to unlock books and and uh, get more clues as to what what's going on with Lizbird, right? So mm-hmm. it's a very good game to just bounce in and out of with the kids and then like just doing the bug snack stuff with the kids and, and leaving the talky bits to just progressing the story on your own, right? Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. Well, I'm glad that they're enjoying it and I'm glad that you're having a good time too and and picking up on some of those things and and you're right it is a little bit more of a puzzle game I guess than I than I kind of let on but uh yeah I'm glad you're having fun and everyone should just go play bug snacks cuz it's adorable and then you'll understand why I keep saying bunger 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 <laughs> And there are multiple bungers too, right? There are the like yeah. barbecue bunger <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god i know they're amazing That's so good. <laughs> i just love them so much um the other thing that i love every year is doing extra life and we are doing it again for 2020 if you guys want to go and support our extra life campaign you can go to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2020 this coming friday ryan you're streaming uh your fire emblem extra life event at 8 p.m eastern do you want to tell people about that yeah, so uh, the 28th of November, which I think is, yeah, it's Saturday. Oh, is it a Saturday? I, yeah, sorry. It's all good. This no. coming Saturday. I was so close at being great at transitions and introductions, and I screwed it all up. I keep forgetting. Don't fire me, Ryan. It's all good. No, no, no. <laughs> I keep forgetting that uh, I think I thought it was last week. My time time is just, it's, it's a problem right now. Um, but yeah, November 28th, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to start with a, um, an, a special episode of Summoner's Call where we're going to talk about the state of Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, and that's going to go about an hour. And then we're going to play some games. We're going to do Jackbox games. So anyone can join in. Oh, fun. So uh, if you want to jump in for some Jackbox games, jump into the Discord, uh, bit.ly slash TGI Discord, and um, watch uh, live on Twitch. And we will have codes to, for people to jump in. And um, it's been a while since I played Jackbox. So I'm really excited to uh, to play those games again and see if we can get as many people as possible um and then i think after that once things die down we might play deep rock galactic but i have a feeling that with uh with a podcast and jackbox we will we will go our allotted time but um yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun twitch.tv slash ryan murphy ca i really enjoy like both the drawful and the trivia murder party mm, that's yeah, the one those that, are my uh, two favorites everyone wants to play is the uh at least in our planning doc it's like i we gotta play i think we're gonna play trivia Mur- murder party 2 which is part of jackbox 6 so i'm looking right. at our options but i think jackbox 6 is gonna be the one we play i'm just uh but I'm the great gonna... thing about jackbox games is that you're the only one that has to own it like to create the lobby and then anyone can jump in from either the web page or smartphone or whatever and yeah, it's really, really cool. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably jump in um, since it's going to be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll jump in and play a little bit, too, because, uh, yeah, I really I like Trivia Murder, Murder Party and I like um, the I like playing Drawful as well, because it's like. You don't have to come up with the jokes on the fly. I'm not as good at those games where it's like, think of a funny thing that's about trees. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not that good. But like, if you give me something ridiculous to draw, I can draw ridiculously. And then also, you know, like crazy, weird out there trivia questions like trivia is just always fun so yeah those are those are my two favorites so i'll I'll come and hang out because yeah like i say i really really enjoy um really enjoy jackbox games so again that is twitch.tv slash ryan murphy ca happening november 28th at 8 p.m eastern so go and check them out that brings us to the news and uh this week we got a, a few stories for you uh first and foremost it's a little bit of kind of like an update slash unofficial fallout from all of the legal stuff that we've been talking about lately between apple and epic so um the app store now uh starting january 1st for developers who make a million dollars or less on the app store are going to get the apple or the i guess the app store apple's cut is going to be lowered to 15 percent, which is um kind of taking the wind out of epic sales a little bit uh ryan and i were talking uh pre-show 
And we were like, huh, I wonder how many, like it's going to be the vast majority of app developers, I think, are going to fall underneath that million dollar uh, kind of threshold. And so are going to reap the benefits of this. Uh, and Epic's, you know, st- um, I guess, moral standing or, you know, like the, oh, we're doing it for the little guy really goes away when you take out all the little guys. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, um, this isn't anything like ordered by the lawsuit or anything else. But I think it's a, definitely a strategic move from Apple to say, oh, okay, well, if you're really doing this for all developers, then here's what we're going to change. <laughs> so the old percentages are still going to apply to people who make a million dollars or more on the App Store, which is going to be obviously epic. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think this is an interesting move from the perspective. I think it's important that they they charge less for folks that are that are making less money i i think that makes sense to me and really the numbers are are pretty staggering like an estimated 98 percent of developers would be eligible for the 15 percent cut so that tells you right there that they are literally making this change and it is going to affect everyone but the top two percent um from an estimation standpoint and but the developers, the ninety eight percent of developers are the ones that generated just five percent of the app store's total revenue just last year. So that gives you an idea. So this of, really like adds up to basically nothing for yeah. Apple in the grand scheme of things. Like exactly. it's very, it feels so PR move to me. <laughs> and and I think that's where, um, if you look at Epic fighting for the small folks, that makes. This is this is a smart move um, for both both parties. I mean, if it if it was, I mean, Epic is also like we also want to if we can provide our own payment center, we should be able to provide our own payment center for the consumer to provide choice. Um, yeah. They're still fighting that fight, but from the perspective of lowering developer, um, lowering Apple's cut for for developers, this is kind of a it's a it's a win for from what i understand it's a win for the small uh it's funny the new small business program for people who make under a million dollars um (laughs) that is also a crazy threshold in my mind like the fact that they've set it at a million dollars um that seems pretty high and and generous from from apple standpoint the fact that it covers 98 percent of their of their developers but Uh, only five percent of their revenue which means they're not gonna lose out a lot here because the, it's measuring um, like not the percentage that Apple makes off of them. It's measuring how much those developers make in the app store. Right. So mm. it's going to be like um, when you think of it as a million dollars, even if somebody made a million dollars, the previous percentage was 30 percent, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it, it's still it's still 30 percent for for the the other two percent for of, the big guys. Yeah, yeah. But guys. I mean, for the little guy. Like in terms of like Apple, even if every single one of those people made a million dollars, which we know that they don't, um, that's still them cutting from 300000 down to 150000 They're still getting $150,000 and the vast majority of that 98% are not hitting that, mil- are not even close to that million dollar threshold, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like this is super PRE. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's, I think that's what... That's what Epic, in my mind, was was kind of fighting for in the sense they want they want Apple to recognize that charging everyone thirty percent doesn't it should not work anymore. Like we should have nuances to our system 
that are that are fair for for all developers and i know we we've talked about this before and it it frankly comes down to this is apple's garden and we all decide to play in it and we have to play in it by their rules because they've set it up they've set up this place but i i think it's important from also from a pr perspective to be like okay let's recognize that this isn't going to affect our bottom line but will help um will start to help these smaller developers uh i still feel weird kind of talking positively about this giant corporation um and it's weird from when it comes right down to it i think this is good for small developers and yes it's a it's a it's a small dash across the uh the finance booklets for apple um, and it does make Epic's case a little, you know, lose a little win from its sale. But um, I don't know if I don't know even know if Epic's responded to this. I know they have other issues with what Apple's doing. Like this still doesn't take away like some of the special deals Apple does with certain larger yeah. companies like Amazon and and Microsoft. But well, yeah, the um, the Amazon question has always been like, why doesn't it cost you an extra? Well, thirty percent because Amazon would definitely be over the one million dollar mark if if their sales actually went through the app store but um like they definitely have an argument there i think for you know why does my amazon purchase not cost 30 percent more uh when i make it through the amazon app versus making it through the website because i'm on the iphone like interface so why are you making people pay more for Fortnite purchases when you're not making people pay more for Amazon purchases? Like they are both a store that lives in the Apple ecosystem. So I think they 100% have an argument there. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know, which if anything, like, I mean, I don't know. I like, I don't even know what the answer is there other than just give Epic their way. Right. <laughs> and but, let them make their own bypassing Apple store. <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, this is a step in the right direction. And I mean, uh, if, it, if it, I don't know if we can necessarily blame Epic for, for this change or, or attribute it to, to Epic, but I think there's a lot of folks, including governments, putting, you know, fire to the feet of Apple of like, hey, this is, you're gonna have to make some changes because this is getting pretty anti-competitive. Like their, their app store, it makes up a huge portion of uh, mobile software sales, right? So this is a, this problem, this change doesn't solve all the problems, but I think it's a, it shows that Apple is willing to budge um, given enough time to to make some changes and and hopefully it leads to further positive changes for developers uh even epic i mean if uh, i think you're right like if amazon can have its own payment processor then um why why can't epic they should they should certainly strike a deal so they're not just going about it against terms of service i think they have to work with apple but i think it's kind of unfair of apple to say yes to amazon but no to epic um yeah it's it's a tough as we all know, like this is going to continue to be uh, a back and forth for years to come and, and a lot of nuance as well. So we'll just have to see Absolutely. how it goes. 
Uh, well, speaking of nuance, I actually don't even know how I'm going to make this transition other than to say that the Hitman developer is making a new James Bond game. Like there's 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 no easy way to go go there. I couldn't think anyways. <laughs> no, I, I think that works. I mean, in the sense. Yeah, that, it was uh, so so not me stumbling over all of my words. <laughs> but yeah, there's a new James Bond game coming. So um, obviously, GoldenEye is and was the best James Bond game. Um, I haven't played it in a very long time, but I have very, very, very fond memories of playing James Bond, Goldeneye with my friends and having like four man battles locally with the with those controllers and like, don't look at my screen. Don't look where I am. You're cheating. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Flag tag. So good. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. The nostalgia is real. Yeah, I remember playing a lot of Golden. I mean, Perfect Dark was more the game I played, but uh, GoldenEye was a game I definitely dabbled with uh, back in the N64 days. And I'm sure it doesn't hold up like most N64 games. Um, I don't necessarily want to burst. It was a different time. It was very much a different time of giant blurry triangles. Um, (laughs) Uh, but I think w- the exciting news here is that I think the IOA, IO Interactive, the developers behind Hitman, like you've got um, a solid base for being able to develop a, a secret spy game. Um, the Hitman franchise has certainly come back in recent years with Hitman, um, well, the reboot of the franchise uh, and, and with Hitman 3 coming uh, in January. I think them doing, uh, this is a scenario where when you announce a developer is working on a on a highly sought after sort of franchise or IP, this just makes sense. And and I think you can instantly get excited about if you like the James Bond premise and uh, material in the hands of the Hitman developer. Like that just seems like, OK, wow, I'm excited for a James Bond game. Uh, and there haven't been a lot lately. I guess the last one that came out would have been in 2012, which was James mm-hmm. 007 Legends. and evidently it was terrible so yeah, i was like i don't even remember that <laughs> no i never played it i didn't know it existed but uh, sure enough there it is so this will be the first james bond game it probably won't come out until 2022 so probably the first james bond game in in a decade once it yeah. actually comes out <laughs> so uh i think if you're a fan of 007 this is a, this is exciting news absolutely uh, and then we were talking a little bit more about Epic earlier on with the Apple story, but uh, we have more Epic slash Fortnite news. Uh, Fortnite is launching something called Fortnite Crew, which is basically a subscription service to play Fortnite. So it's going to include the Battle Pass, hmm. which um, comes out, I guess, once every three months as well as a monthly drop of currency and some cosmetics as well. So there's like, there's a little bit of stuff in here in terms of what you're going to be getting for a subscription service. But what I found so interesting about this news is that so many, particularly um, games in the MMO space, often started to launch with a subscription and with the exception of World of Warcraft, have all moved away from them and now have an optional subscription, which is basically what Fortnite is doing because you don't have to get the subscription, right? You can play through Fortnite. You can play for free, still play the Battle Royale. Um, but yeah, you won't uh, you won't be able to access the Battle Pass. Or you can still buy the Battle Pass separately, but why would you? 
I think, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, there's, I, I would be surprised if they let you buy the Battle Pass separately from Fortnite Crew. I mean, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, why would you go for the Battle Pass? Why would you just buy the Battle Pass when if you buy the subscription, you get the extra cosmetics and the extra currencies? Yeah, I I think really, uh, yeah, there's no reason to, unless, unless you really just want to buy the Battle Pass and not have the, I mean, the reason to buy just the Battle Pass is if you're only interested in spending, um, the ten dollars for the battle pass as opposed to the thirty dollars a month or thirty dollars over those three months that the battle pass was oh be right 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 because yeah i was thinking the battle pass was 10 and this was 10 so i was like why wouldn't you get the but it's you're right battle pass is 10 every three months this is 10 every month so and i but you do get the ten dollars worth of fake currency right so you do you do i'm curious though would you if you have do you have to have an active subscription to access the full battle pass because that would also i would hope they wouldn't lock you out of continuing your battle pass progression even though your Fortnite crew subscription has subsided but i'm i guess that's how it would work right like you would if you didn't buy the battle pass you don't have access to it when your subscription lapses Right. And that's how um, ESO works. So Mm -hmm. if you buy the ESO subscription, you automatically get access to every piece of DLC that they've ever put out. Um, So that's like you basically just get access to all the dungeons, get access to all the content, no walls anywhere. And uh, as soon as your subscription lapses, you don't get that content anymore. So unless you go and buy those um, little DLC packs, right? So if you buy the DLC, you can still use it. But otherwise, if you just do the subscription, then you get them all for free. So, well, free air quotes, (laughs) you get them for the subscription price. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, this kind of reminds me, um, subscriptions have kind of come and gone. And for mobile games, they've kind of come back as they offer I feel like you. everyone's just kind of experimenting with them again because mm-hmm. they were they were poo-pooed for so long and wow was the only one that really seemed to be able to make it work by saying you know like for 15 bucks a month that's what it costs to play our game plus the cost of expansions period where blizzard deal with it um whereas everyone else seemed to uh, not be able to make that model work because they just didn't have enough subscribers so they've all tried to kind of like move away from that And then we entered into the realm of loot boxes and uh, microtransactions and gamers were like, oh, this is way worse. (laughs) So I feel like um, this Fortnite crew slash um, ESO plus and all of these other kind of like opt in subscription services are kind of a hybrid of both because it's not like they're getting rid of microtransactions. They're not getting rid of premium currencies. They're not getting rid of extra like um for real money cosmetics right it's just that they are giving you an avenue that is slightly slightly more affordable um by paying a subscription than if you were to you know go try to buy the currency straight up and then go buy your skins you know like over time if you have the restraint you can accumulate the currency and then buy all the cool stuff But um, yeah, that definitely takes some restraint, which is where I think they're probably planning to make their money back is, you know, like they give you enough to buy three quarters of amount, but then you're just like, oh man, I have to wait a whole nother month before I can afford to buy this super cool 
or like weapon or mount or like I don't really know too much about Fortnite, so I don't know what all of the cosmetics would be. But this super cool skin, I can buy three quarters of it and I have to wait a whole other month or I can just go in and buy the last like five bucks worth of virtual currency and then go ahead, buy the thing I want. And then next month I'll have another three quarters of a skin. And like, so I feel like it's um, probably designed to take advantage of that part of our brains <laughs> of the, oh, I'm so close. If I just spend a little, it's like trying to like force you into microtransactions, even though you're already paying us like a set monthly fee to them. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, feels super manipulative but like this is kind of the way things are now i don't know <laughs> it is uh, it's a free-to-play game and they have to monetize it in specific ways and i mean when you look at the uh the ways to sort of support development of the game um offering a subscription on top of a bottle uh, on, on top of or to the side of a battle pass and um cosmetics and stuff it gives the it gives the player an opportunity to choose their avenue maybe they just prefer to buy the the one cosmetic that they like or they prefer to sub for one battle pass and then prefer to just get the battle pass um separately and they kind of have that control but you're right where it probably starts to get a little gross is when you have folks that um really love Fortnite and then and now they're like well I have to sub and then I also have to pay to get this the cosmetics i want um you see this with a lot of i mean genshin impact had a battle pass a subscription and they were intertwined in a way where you could do both or you could do one depending on how you wanted to and you could also buy a bunch of premium currency so if, i think this is just another you know tool in the developer toolbox where they can say like okay here's another way we can offer uh, to monetize our our game and I think subscriptions are are kind of slowly coming back in in doses of where you don't need the subscription to play. That's the biggest difference between WoW and pretty much yeah. every other subscription service. You don't need it to play, but if you play a lot of Fortnite, I think this is a good value as long as it's not going to push you into the realm of like buying a bunch more V-Bucks because you don't have enough V-Bucks to Exactly. But I mean, <laughs> Which if you're is buying what I think they're probably like, trying to get people to do right <laughs> yeah i think the game's been around for a long time and i think offering um another new way to uh to get money from folks i think it makes sense from a business perspective like okay the battle passes have had their run let's introduce like a, an optional optional subscription that you can do instead of buying the battle passes but you still get access to the battle pass the battle pass is still they're very much their bread and butter um but uh yeah, I I don't know if you can call this a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. It's kind of just like, yeah, subscription service. And I mean, it's even worse if you like cosmetics because uh, they're exclusive. Like this is the problem I have with, not necessarily a problem, but one of the issues with Fire Emblem Heroes is they have a sub in there. Um, They call it the Fae Pass. And if you subscribe to it, you get these uh, cosmetic versions of heroes. So if you have yeah, the DVD thing is the same. And actually the Hearthstone battle pass is the same too, is that if you get the premium track, then you get access to exclusive cosmetics. Yeah. Well, I mean, this isn't even a battle pass. It's literally just a subscription. And every two weeks as part of your subscription, you get a, a they call it a resplendent hero. So it's a cosmetic for a specific hero. You know about it in advance that you can make decisions on whether you want to sub or, or skip a, skip a hero a couple weeks. 
Um, this, this past does a bunch of other stuff, but really like from a cosmetic standpoint, you get those, those heroes, but you can purchase them afterwards. You can purchase them for five bucks a piece. And I think the sub is like $12 or something. And, but in this case for Fortnite, they're not the, they say it will be exclusive only to crew members. Like you're only going to get it if you subscribe, which is, um, like it, it takes away player choice entirely. Like I think, I think that's a tough, that's a tough sell. Like when you have exclusive items to a subscription, that's almost like, no, we really want you to subscribe. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't know how it'll be received, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we definitely will. And if there's uh, any major developments in that or any of the other stories we covered, then uh, we will definitely let you guys know. But that's going to do it for us tonight. If you do like the show, you can support us over on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash the gamers in. You can also join the conversation and the games on November 28th. Again, we're playing Jackbox games over on twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA. I say we, I'm totally crashing your stream and you're just going to deal no, with it. You're going to uh, play with us. You, <laughs> you can jump into the conversation there at bit.ly slash TGI discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn Joss plays Ryan is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in. Thanks for staying at the gamers in. Remember tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone.